This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Psalms 34, we're going to talk about the goodness of God, and we're going to talk about seek and you will find. Say, seek and you will find. Psalms 34, verses 1, it says, and I could preach on every one of these scriptures, but I'm going to do my best not, not to, so we can continue on here. But, but as we read God's Word, in order for us to grow, we've got to ask ourselves, okay, how am I doing? How am I being a doer of the Word of God? I, I heard all of you declare a while ago that you're doers of the Word of God. So when we read God's Word... Let's step back for a moment and ask, okay, am I applying this? Will you do that? Because in order for us to grow, you know, James, a half-brother of Jesus, says whenever we receive the engrafted Word of God and we welcome the Word of God, we welcome it. Say, I welcome it. And so whenever you welcome the Word of God, we're letting down what we think we know and we're opening up our heart to make sure our thinking is in alignment with God's Word. Okay, not in alignment with religion, not in alignment with what we think is right, but with what God's Word says. So this is the psalmist David, verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Pause. How are you doing? Let's keep going. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's hard to cuss and praise God at the same time. You know that? <laughs> My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. How often do you boast? What do you think of when you think of the word boast? Brag, right? It's easy to brag on our kids, easy to brag, you know, brag on this, brag on... Well, what about brag on God? How often do you brag on, you know, you were once lost, but now you're saved? How often do you brag that you were sick, but now you're healed? How often do you brag that at one time you didn't have anything and now God has, has provided your needs? Brag, brag, brag on God. He says, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Say, that's me. That's me. Now, now, what does humble look like? Humble looks like, not, not, it isn't self-degradation. It's not uh, tearing yourself down. Humility is saying what God says about you. Humility is being a doer of the Word of God. And the humble shall hear God's Word, and it's going to make them mad? No, it's going to make them glad. Yeah. So if you're hearing God's Word and you get mad, then that lets you know you're not being humble, but you're being prideful. So the humble, why, why is it going to make us glad? Because it's bringing light. It's bringing solution. It's bringing revelation. It's bringing hope. It's bringing faith. The humble shall hear it and be what? Glad. Some of you need to tell your face, I'm glad. Everybody do this. <laughs> See, some of us only have so much to work with, right? But when we smile, it just helps all of us. Okay? So you just got to realize, this, this, you know, this is what I got to work with, but a smile will improve all of us. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord... And he heard me. Pause. I know you're seeking God to a degree or you wouldn't be here. But we've got to ask, what does, is this just a Sunday, Sunday Bible? 
This is for every day of our life, right? This isn't about being religious. This is about having a relationship with Almighty God. And I've got to ask, is this me? I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to Him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. And the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Say, all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know God wants us to experience His goodness. Exodus 33, you don't have to go over here, but you can write it down. Exodus 33, verses 18 and 19. Remember when God was speaking to Moses about being the deliverer of the children of Israel? And Moses is saying, and he's talking to God. He says, God, unless your presence goes with me, I'm not going to go. And he says, God, show me your glory. And God said, Moses, I will show you my goodness. The word goodness means wellness, it means beneficial, it means honorable, it means honest, it means rich, it means, it means excellent. He says, I'm going to show you my goodness. What's the purpose of God showing you His goodness? Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Why does God want to show His goodness to you and to me? Because He always has other people on His mind. And it's His goodness that leads people to repentance. Not our religion. It's not our bumper stickers and our t-shirts and our cross jewelry. It was, all that's great. But it's God's goodness. Not His badness. It's His goodness. Not His judgment. It's His goodness. Not condemnation. It's His that leads people to repentance. How many of you are praying for somebody to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? If not, I encourage you to do that. God would appreciate that because He needs, he needs our prayers, our words upon the earth in order to move. And it's His goodness that brings change in people's life. It's, it's the love of God. It's the joy of God, the peace of God, the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Say goodness. And the psalmist David is saying, I don't want to just experience God's goodness. I want you to taste and I want you to see God's goodness. How do we taste in the kingdom of God? We don't just taste with our taste buds like we do in the natural. We taste with our ears. What we hear determines who we become. What we hear determines what we believe. What we hear determines how we think. We taste with God's Word. We've got we've to taste something about God by hearing, and it resonates with your spirit, man. Our spirit, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, but our spirit has faculties just like our physical body has faculties. Taste, touch, see, smell, hear. We do that with our spirit man as well. And he says, I want you to taste the goodness of God because once you taste God's goodness, you start hearing God's goodness, thinking on God's goodness, talking about God's goodness. You're, gonna, you're not just going to live off somebody else's experience. You're going to see the goodness of God. How many of you want to see the goodness of God in your life? Every single one of us. One, he says, okay, so I need, you to, I need you to taste it. And I need you to see the goodness of God. Let's keep going. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There's no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Seek the Lord. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. That word seek there means to crave. Those who crave the Lord. 
years ago when I had first given my life to the Lord, I was addicted to a lot of stuff, just, I was just a mess. But I, I found Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and it says, My son, be addicted to my word. And I remember the cravings that I would have that dominated my life. And so I started substituting those cravings. Every time I'd have a physical craving, I would just, by faith, I would get, I would get Scripture on deliverance. I'd get Scripture on forgiveness. I'd get Scripture on whatever it was that I was thinking on at the time. And I would just start taking the Word and taking the Word. I would crave the Word. A physical craving would come and I would substitute it with the Word. He says, those who crave the Word will not lack any good thing, any beautiful thing, any excellent thing, any rich thing, any beneficial thing, any honest thing, any honorable thing. They will not lack any good thing. Is healing good? IQ test. Is forgiveness good? Yes. <laughs> is provision good? Yes. Is joy good? Yes. Yeah. Is forgiveness good? Yes. We could just go on and on, right? Those who seek the Lord. The word seek there, it also means to, 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 to search out. That you're not just, just coming to church on the way to lunch. That, that you're, you're seeking God. This is a part of your, your equipping right here. You come to church to hear at a different level. To see at a different level. To experience God at a different level. There was a purpose why God says, Don't forget to assemble yourselves together. Why would He say that? Because there's things that happen. There's an anointing. Here is the corporate body that happens that you can't get by yourself. Yes, God is faithful and He'll talk to you wherever you're at and whatever you're going, going to and what you're walking through. But He says, come together in His house. Why? Because He has His benefit for us on His mind. It's for our benefit. He says, those who seek the Lord. And I've got to ask myself, is that really me? Or am I going through the motions? If I am, I can expect... That I'm not going to lack any, any good thing. He says any good thing. Is it good to have a good house? Is it good to have a good vehicle? Is it good to have a good body? Is it good for your bones to work and your joints to work and your eyes to work? It's good, right? Your ears to work. It's good when you can eat a meal. It's good. Say it's good. Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Let's keep going. And he says, verse 11, Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Now pause for a moment. Who is the man or woman who desires life? Do you desire life? That word life there doesn't mean just breathing. I mean, that's a good thing to desire. I'm glad that we're all alive, right? But that word life is talking about the God kind of life. It's a quality of life. Who, he's saying, who, who, this is where he's wanting us to interact with him. Who is it that desires life? Who is it that desires life and life more abundantly? Jesus, John 10, 10, said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. And right here, the psalmist David, inspired by the Spirit of God, says, Who? Who is the person? I'm looking for the person who truly desires the God kind of life. Who is it? And I want to raise my hand up. I want, to, I want God to stop at me. Second Chronicles 69, His eyes are looking to and fro over the whole earth. Who is the person that desires the life of God in their family? Desires the life of God in their physical body? Desires the life of God in their finances? Desires the life of God? Who is the person? Person that desires the presence of God. Who? Me, right here, me. 
You've got to answer that for you. Nobody can want it for you. There's one thing about the, the things of God. You've got to have some hunger about you. You've got to have some determination and some tenaciousness about you. You've got to have a little bit of bulldog on the inside of you. And you, well, I'm just not wired that way. Be quiet. If you're a born-again child of God, it is in your DNA to have some fight in you. It's in your DNA to have... You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're creating the image of likeness of Almighty God. And God is not a weak panty waist that just falls down and backs off of everything. No, He thinks when. He believes when. He talks when. He thinks overcome. He thinks victory. And it says, who is the person that desires the life of God? And all of us would say, that's me, right? Let's keep going. That he may see good. Now, he says, okay, this is, this is how you're going to see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Who is the person who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. If you want to see good, you've got to start talking good. If you want to see good, you've got to start thinking good. If you want to see good, you've got to start believing good. If you want to see good, you've got to start expecting for good things to happen. If you want to see good, you've got to start letting good come out of your mouth. Instead of talking about the bad, talk about the good. Amen. Who wants to see the goodness of God? And we all said... That's me, right? He says, okay, this is one way that you're going to get it going in the right direction is begin to talk in alignment with God's Word. Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the power of what? In the power of your tongue. James chapter 3, it says our tongue is like a, a rudder on a ship. It, it might not turn automatically, but if you stay consistent and you keep turning, turning the wheel there, that, that tongue, that rudder is going to turn and it's going to turn the direction of your life. He says if you're wanting to see the goodness of God, see the healing of God, see the provision of God, we've got to start keeping our tongue from deceit and start speaking in alignment with the goodness of God. If we want to see good, we got to think good. Say, that's me. If we want to see good, we got to believe good. Say, that's me. If we want to see good, we got to start expecting good. Say, say that's me. If we want to see good, we got to start saying good. Say, that's me. Think good, believe good, expect good, talk good, to have good. You with me? Numbers 13. Now, what's happening here, and you know this story, that God had sent 12 spies over to spy out the land that God had already given them. Ten of them came back with a bad report. Two of them came back with a good report. In Numbers 13, it says in verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we were in their sight. Now notice he says, they come back and what did they say? We are not able to go against the people, for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children a bad report. What did God consider a bad report? When they spoke against and called bad what He said was good. So I've got to back off and I've got to ask, how am I doing? What kind of report am I giving? 
What kind of report am I believing? Am I going to believe the doctor's report or am I going to believe God's report? Am I going to believe, you know, CNN or am I going to believe what the Word of God says? Am I going to, what report am I saying over my family? What report am I giving over my finances? What report am I giving over my physical body? What report am I giving? Is it a good report or a bad report? Because the report that they gave was revealed by the image they had on the inside of them. The report that they gave was revealed by the way that they thought. The report that they gave, what comes out of your mouth reveals to the people around you really what's on the inside of you. And it says, we are not able because they're stronger. See, they were focused on the strength of the people. They were focused on the, the, the bigness of the city. They were focused on the bigness of the obstacle. Did God know the walled, the cities were going to have big walls? Did God know there were giants in that land? Did God know it was going to be difficult in the natural? And that report that they gave, the people that they gave it to, had a choice whether they were going to believe the bad report or the good report. Is God's report good or bad? It's good. But which report are we truly believing? Now, we can believe it when we come to church and, oh, bless you, Lord, and we put on our church shoes in our face. Oh, bless you, Lord. How you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Bless the Lord. Right? But what do you sound like when it's just you and your family at your house? Which report are we giving? And in order for us to grow and walk in the things of God, we've got to be real with ourselves. And, it, and, it, and it's a one day at a time process a lot of times. If This doesn't change overnight. If you've grown up and you're full of negativity and fear and doubt and unbelief and you've come from a tough environment and you just be out in the world. Because see, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. If you're not growing on purpose, you're going backwards. There's just laws in motion. And most of the stuff we hear is negative and it's doubt and it's fear and it's unbelief. And if you just hang out in it, the next thing you know, that's the way you're going to think. That's the way you're going to believe. That's the way you're going to talk. And you're going to believe the bad report over the good report. Every bad report the world throws your way, the Bible has a good report to come back and counterattack counter it with. But I've got to make the choice, what am I going to believe? Because there's times that you're not going to feel like believing the good report because the bad report's screaming so loud. There's going to be times that you don't want to declare the good report because your bank account reports something different than what God's report says. Remember, years ago, the Lord says, Trey, I want you to quit looking necessarily at the numbers in your account, and I want you to start seeing my report when you open up that ledger. And I want you to see, Philippians 4.19, that I'm the one that's going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You have given, and it's given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Instead of looking at the report in the natural, I want you to see through it and see my report, because my report's going to take you into the places that you're called to go, but the natural report will hold you back. We can never accomplish what God has called us to accomplish by just looking at the natural. Which report are you going to believe? Because your report isn't going to get you to your destiny, your, your natural report. Let me ask you this. When it comes to what God has called you to do, what is it going to take to stop you? When it comes to what God's put in your heart, are you stoppable? Is divorce big enough to stop you? Is lack big enough to stop you? Is sickness and disease big enough to stop you? 
Is the devil big enough to stop you? Don't you shrink back when I say that. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But you've got to ask yourself, you've got to be real with ourselves. What is it really going to take to stop me? Is it other people's opinion of me? Is it money that's going to stop me? Now we say it here, and that's a great confession, but what are you like by yourself on Monday? What is it going to take to stop me growing in my relationship with God? What is it going to take to stop me? When you get to the point, I remember my dad asked me, Trey, I mean, all hell was breaking loose in my life. And he says, why do you keep going? I said, what am I going to do, die? That's a win-win. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to live long and strong. And the devil can't take me out until I'm fulfilled, finishing my race upon the earth. And that's not at a young age. Say, well, you just never know. That's not true. That's not scriptural. The Bible promises that we live long and strong. And God doesn't need another little baby in heaven. God doesn't need another young kid in heaven. That's not the goodness of God. That's the ignorance of religion. That's men who have tried to explain away experiences instead of going back to what does the Word of God say. God is good and there's no bad in Him. Everything that God created was good in its original form. Then how did things get bad? Things went bad when people, us, had a choice and a decision that we were going to choose God or we were going to choose ourselves. And when we chose ourselves, it gave Satan the dominion and authority and instead of us walking in the dominion and authority. But through Jesus, we come back to that place of relationship and it's a daily choice to walk in the victory that God's given us. God is good, and He's only good, and all He does is good. But a lot of times in church we say, God is good, and what's the reply most of the time? All the time. time. And all the time, God is good, and that's true, and that's a great saying. But most of the time people believe that God is good, but He's also bad. There's no bad in God. Good, and He's only good. Taste and see that the Lord is... Good. In Psalms 119, it says, Lord, teach me your good word. You're good. He's good and only good. Everything that God made was good in its original creation. You can't go back to the beginning and find where God created cancer, where He created sickness, where He created disease, where He created lack, where He created divorce, where He created poverty, where He created anything that kills, steals, and destroys. In the original creation, He created and He said it was good. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And what did He say? It's good. He created the land, the seed, and the earth. And what did He say? It is good. When He created the sea and all the sea creatures, the birds, the animals, what did he say? It's good. We created man. He said it is very good. God is good and he's only good. But see, a lot of times we grow up and we hear religious people say, but you better not step out of line or he'll take you out. He's good. And He's only good, but it's our choice to believe whether He's good or whether He's not good. It's our choice to believe. Go with me to Psalms 27. Say, He's good. good. And I wanted to ask you that. What is it going to take to stop you from fulfilling what God has called and created you to do? Because it wasn't the enemies that stopped the children of Israel from going over. 
It wasn't the giants. It wasn't the big cities. It wasn't God. It wasn't the enemy. It was what they thought. It was what they believed. It was what they said. It was the inner image they had of themselves. Because the next generation rose up and they rolled right into town and they kicked tail and took name. Why? Because they thought different. They believed different. They talked different. Because they had a different image on the inside of them. And then God's plan was able to come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. They didn't limit, or let me put it this way, they disqualified themselves from the plan of God. It didn't change for their life just because there were giants, just because there were hard, difficult things. Just because people change, God's plan doesn't change. Don't allow what the circumstances are telling you change what you're thinking, believing, and saying about God. When the pressure comes on, are you going to believe the bad report or the good report? Okay, so in the morning you remind yourself of that. What report am I believing? What is it going to take to stop me? Am I stoppable? What am I truly believing? Am I choosing to believe the good report or bad report? God's report or the world's report? God's report or what other people are saying? What is holding me back from possessing the land? What is going to stop me from possessing the land? I'm the only one that can stop me from being everything God has called and created me to be. What am I truly believing, the good report or the bad report? Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness, the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for, hope for, and expect the Lord. Notice he says, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Are you believing to see the goodness of God? Are you believing for good things to happen for you? Are you believing for God to restore your life? Are you believing? It's a choice. It's a decision. Faith is a choice. No people say, well, I just can't believe that. Wrong. You choose not to believe that. He says, believe that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Land of the living is not heaven. Land of the living is the area you live in right now. But God needs your belief. He needs my belief. He needs our words. He needs our thoughts. He needs us working with Him in order for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I've got to ask myself, am I believing to see the goodness of God today? Am I believing to see the goodness of God in my family? Don't talk against your family. Have words that work with your family. Yes, there are things in the natural that we have to deal with when you identify the problem you identify the situation quit talking about it and now believe the good report now say the good report talk with what God promised us in his word that for me and my house we will serve the Lord they better be glad that they're in my family because it's going to help them spend eternity with almighty God and not go to hell we got to believe today to see the goodness of God remember is provision good is healing good? Is your family all walking with God good? Is joy good? Is peace good? <laughs> but am I truly believing today to see the goodness of God into the land of the living? Go with me to Matthew chapter 7. And find your way in Romans chapter 10. Let's go to Romans 10 before we go to Matthew 7. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 so what am I believing? Am I expecting to see the goodness of God? How do you know what you're expecting? 
something bad happens, what comes out of your mouth? Well, I knew that was going to happen. Now, if I nail you with this right here, right between the eyes, you just look straight ahead. Okay? How do you know if you're expecting good or bad? I knew I wouldn't have enough money to pay the bills. It happens it's like this all the time. Been like this for 10 years. It'll be like this for another 10 years. It'll be like this for all my life. Mama did this. Daddy did this. It's going to be the same way with me. They didn't have nothing. I'm not going to have nothing. Flu season comes around. I knew that was going to happen. Get it every time. It's just this season. Every time, every time it happens like this. No, are you expecting? Maybe, maybe that's the case in the past, but you're in a new family. You're in the family of Almighty God, and you have the Word of God that never returns void, and you have a good God that has a good spirit that He's placed on the inside of you, and you have a good Word, and He's teaching us good things, and He wants us to believe that we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He wants us to expect to see His goodness just today. Start practicing just today. I'm going to expect good things. When I go to the store, I'm going to expect good things. I'm going to expect when I feel up, I'm going to get good price. I expect when I, when I go into something, I'm going to have good favor. I'm going to expect good. Good, always good. God is good and He wants good things for me. He's good. He's good. It's good to overcome. It's good when life knocks the crud out of you for you to get back up and to keep stepping. Say, it's good. It's good to keep forgiving people whenever they hurt you. Say, it's good. It's good. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 he says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Who, who, who is that talking about? Us, right? Are you a whoever? That's not transgender or anything right there. I mean, it, who, whoever means whoever, right? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Who bring, in the Amphite it says, who brings good news of good things. So how can people get saved unless they hear? They, they can't. He says, okay, how are they going to hear something that they've never heard before unless somebody comes and presents it to them? They can't. So how can they hear good news about a good God unless somebody talks about the good God who has good news? It's good to be delivered. It's good to overcome. It's good to be victorious. It's good to walk in peace. It's good to walk in joy. It's good. It's good. It's good to have our bills paid. It's good to have our bones work. It's good. It's good when our internal organs work. It is good when our eyes work, our ears work. It is good. Say it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God is good and He's good all the time and there's nothing bad in God. Nothing bad can come from God. If it's bad, it comes from the devil. If it's good, it comes from God. That will take you a long ways in your relationship with God that if bad things are happening, it's not coming from God. God's not trying to teach me a lesson here. Yeah, we should learn in all circumstances, but the bad doesn't come from God because He's good and He's only good and He can only do good because that's His nature. Say he's good. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. Right? Our commission is to go into all the world and preach the what? 
the gospel, the good news. It's, it's good news to know that we don't have to go to hell, but we can go to heaven. It's good news to know the power of Satan has broke off of our life. It's good news to know that we've been delivered from, from darkness and brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Say, it's good news. It's good news. He says, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? What report are they giving? Good news. Who has believed the good news? I want every one of us asking ourselves, who has believed the good news? The other day I was, I was thinking they, over there in, in Australia they did this right up and they were saying all these things and, you know, about me and had this picture of me smiling and everything. They said, don't let that smile, you know, fool you and everything. He'd come here to take your money. He was talking about roping and everything. And I'm thinking, yeah, bless the Lord. I mean, we're going to do our best, right? And, and I got to thinking, what would God say about me if they interviewed him? I want, I want what God would say about me more than I care about anybody else says about me. What would God, what would his interview say if they asked God, it would, was, is Trey a man of faith or is he just a religious guy? I, I want God to be pleased and he's only pleased by faith. What would God say about what's going on in my heart? What would God say what's going on in my mind? What would God say about facing the giants and the obstacles? And I'm asking, what can stop me? Nothing because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. See, there's nothing to hear like when my dad says something about me in the natural. Man, it just fills my heart that it, he's pleased with me. But what about our Heavenly Father? When our Heavenly Father is pleased with us, man, it just it makes all the difference in the world. And He is pleased with you. He's pleased. Who will believe our report? What if God was going around, Him and Jesus are talking, and He says, Nick, who's going to believe me? He goes, Heather, who's going to believe me? I want, I want to say here, right here, I'm going to believe you. Not just with my mouth. We don't believe with our organs. We believe with our heart. I don't believe with my eyelid. I don't believe with my nose. I don't believe with anything but my heart. I believe in my heart and declare with my mouth unto salvation. Salvation doesn't mean just going to heaven. It means wholeness, soundness, provision, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Who will believe my report? Who will believe my report? When you get up in the morning and God is saying, Who's going to believe me today? I want to say, I will. Who's going to believe me that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus? I will. Who's going to believe me that signs, wonders, and miracles follow those who believe? I will. Who's going to believe me that all things are possible to him who believes? I will. Who's going to believe me that God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory? I will. Who? Who is going to believe me? I want his eyes to stop on you and you and you and you and everybody in this church because we're saying, here we are, Lord. Who's going to believe you? I'm going to believe you. But see, nobody can do that for you. Nobody can do that for me but me. Who is going to believe our report? What's our answer? I am. But it's a choice. It's a decision. Sounds great in church. But how about on the job site? Sounds great in church. But how about when we're out doing whatever we're called and created to do? Who's going to believe the report? God's report? We are. Matthew chapter 7. You there? Matthew chapter 7. It says, ask. This is verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. 
I want to read it again. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. He who seeks finds. He who seeks. This is a spiritual law. If you're seeking good, you're going to find good. If you're seeking bad, what are you going to find? You're going to find bad. Isn't that interesting? Before I gave my life to the Lord and I went out seeking bad, guess what I found? Seek and you will find. But when I gave my life to the Lord and I started seeking good, guess what I began to find? Because Jesus himself said, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. Whatever you seek, you're going to find it. If I seek good, I'm going to find good. If I seek bad, I'm going to find bad. If I seek being mad, what am I going to find? Being mad. If I seek quitting, what am I going to do? If I, if, I, if, I, if I seek good, what am I going to find? If I seek healing, what am I going to find? If I seek provision, what am I going to find? If I seek judgment, what am I going to find? If I seek mercy, what am I going to find? If I seek forgiveness, what am I going to find? I, speak, I seek grace, what am I going to find? If I seek Him, what am I going to find? All things that pertain unto life and godliness, everything that we need in life. Whatever we seek, we're going to find. So if we seek good, what are we going to find? We're going to, see, we're going to find good. So if you have a tendency to walk in the room, you're, you're with your friends or something, and they just get a new house or something, and you have a tendency to walk in, and all you can find is bad, that should be an indicator that we need to work on our thinking and our believing and our talking Instead of seeking the bad, let's seek the good. Instead of looking at the furniture you don't have, thank God for the roof that you do have. Instead of looking at the nine fingers that, that work good and you've been looking at the one finger that hurts, start looking at the nine that work good. See, all of us, our, our bodies, all of our bodies are affected by the curse. I mean, one eye is bigger than the other eye. You know, one nostril is bigger than the other nostril. Some big ears, some little ears, some big head, some little head, some perfect heads. Others have hair on them. I'm just kidding about that one. I should have recorded that. I just heard my kids laugh, kind of snicker. And that, I, just, I tell them how funny I am all the time, but they just say... <laughs> I'm a face man. <laughs> what are you seeking? Somebody gets a new car. And all you can do is hear the odd sounds. Be thankful for the new car. You finally got a meal you hadn't eaten in two days. <laughs> I ain't the way I'd make it. Be thankful. See, you can't be in faith and negative at the same time. You can't be in faith and unthankful at the same time. You can't be positive. Uh, uh, you, you can't be, let me, let me put it this way. You can't be continually looking on the negative things and what you don't have and on all the difficulties and be in faith at the same time. That's what happened to the children of Israel. And that report talked them out of God's will for their life. 
It's whenever we start thinking on the good report, believing the good report, talking about the good report, going around our house and thanking God that we have a roof and thanking God that we have an air conditioner and thanking God that we have clothes and thanking God for the beanie weenies, thanking God for the fruity pebbles, right? Thanking God for whatever you've got. Be thankful. Say thankful. Thankfulness opens up your heart to God. Thankfulness allows us to receive more from God because we're thankful. We're thankful. How thankful are you? Seek. What are you seeking? Are you seeking bad? And bad doesn't mean that you're just ran off the rails. Bad could just be negative. You know you can be around the power of God and be around miracles and not experience any of it for yourself. Go, go with me to... Let's see here. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're getting ready to be done. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. H how about if, if we got up every day and we started making a decision, I'm going to seek God, and I'm going to seek healing, and I'm going to seek promotion, and I'm going to seek provision, and I'm going to seek His goodness, and I'm going to seek forgiveness, and I'm going to seek mercy, and I'm going to seek freedom... What if we got up and started seeking? Because whenever we seek, what's going to happen? We're going to find. And we just begin to redirect our thinking that we're seeking good thoughts. Philippians 4.8 says, If you can find anything good, think on these things. Good. God is good. He's only good. All He does is good. He wants good for you. He wants good for us. He wants to reveal His goodness. Why? Because He wants to lead people to repentance by His goodness. Say His goodness. He made us righteous by His goodness. He forgave us by His goodness. He's merciful by His goodness. He's gracious by His goodness. God is good and He's only good. Say He's good. And He wants to do good for me. He wants to do good for you. Because sometimes it's easy for us to think God will be good for somebody else. But I don't know about me. No, God wants to be good to you. Say that's me. Hebrews eleven six. It says, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Whenever you, what, what happens whenever you seek something? You're going to find it. And it says, whenever we seek Him, that we're going to be rewarded. When we come to God, we must believe that He is. How many of you believe that He is? We, we must believe. It's a choice and a decision. We must believe that He is healer. He's provider. He's almighty God. He's all-powerful. Believe that He is and He is a rewarder. Are rewards good or bad? He doesn't say when you seek Him, you're going to get bad. He says when you seek Him, He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Remember what the word seek means? Those who crave Him, those who search Him out, those who pursue Him, those who go after Him, those who are willing to do what His Word says to do. He says He is a rewarder to them who diligently seek Him. And when we seek, what happens? We find. When we seek, what happens? What, what am I seeking? What am I seeking? Am I seeking bad or good? Am I thinking bad or good? Am I believing the bad report or the good report? Whenever I seek something, I'm going to find it. What road? What, what road am I traveling on today by, by what I'm seeking in my mind, in my heart, with my mouth? Because where I'm focused, that's going to put me on the path. And whatever path I am, it's going to determine my destination. So right focus puts me on the right path, which takes me to the right destination. Wrong focus puts me on the wrong path, and I end up at the wrong destination. I seek, and what's going to happen? 
In the message translation, it says, We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. That we must believe that He exists. Most time people do okay on that one. And that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. Do you believe that God cares for you? Do I truly believe that God cares for me? Mark chapter 4, remember the story whenever the disciples, they had just been with Jesus, and Jesus is, is explaining to them about the parable of the seed and the sower, and He talks to them about the different souls, the different four different types of soul, and how the word goes forth, and this happens, and this happens, and, and then, then He says, okay, guys, let's get into the boat, and let's go to the other side. And the Bible says that there was the boat that Jesus was in, and there's a lot of other little boats with them, and the storm arose, right? And it says Jesus is down below, and He's sleeping. And this storm rises up and it starts rocking the boat. And the Bible says that the water starts filling the boat. And what did the disciples say? Do you not care that we're perishing? Do you not care? Now, in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, Do I believe that God exists? And I, do I truly believe that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him? The disciples said, Do you not care? Do you, do you not care? What made them think that Jesus didn't care? Because Jesus wasn't doing things the way they thought He should be doing them. Do you not care? You're not doing it my way, God. Do you not care? goes back to the word that Heather had earlier. We, we go down roads and paths and the process might take longer. God, do you not care? Do you not care? Do you not care? You know, you can be sitting right in the same boat with Jesus and the devil can lie to you to try to convince you that God doesn't care about you. God doesn't care about what you're going through. He doesn't care about your finances. He doesn't care about your physical body. Do you not care? Do you not care? Don't let that come out of your mouth. He cares. He cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and that in due time He will exalt you, casting all your care over on Him, because He cares, He cares, He cares for who? For me, for you. He cares. Say He cares. Remember, in Luke chapter 10, different scenario. Then Jesus says, I want to go into the story. Do you not care? Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and the wind stops. Remember that? They said, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey this man? Jesus knew the Father cared about every situation and he dominated the storm. But when you aren't convinced that God cares, the storm will dominate you. They thought that he didn't care and what happened? They were getting their tail handed to him. Johnson paraphrase there, right? <laughs> but because Jesus knew the Father cared, and you and I can know the Father cares, storms don't have the right to dominate our life when we realize our Father cares. And we're going to seek the answer, and we're going to find. Because whatever we seek, what happens? Remember Luke chapter 10, you have Mary and Martha, and the Bible says that Jesus was teaching. He entered in the village, and, and Martha and Mary, they invite Jesus into the house. Remember that? And Mary, she sits down at Jesus' feet, and she's receiving. Remember, whatever you seek, you're going to find. She was receiving from the Lord. Remember what, what, what Martha said? She's overly occupied, busy with much servants. She comes to Jesus, don't you care? 
My sister is leaving me to do all this. Don't you care? Two different scenarios. The men in the boat, they were afraid. Don't you care? This woman was doing all her religious duties, what she needed to do. Jesus, don't you care? What did Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you're overly occupied and you're disturbed and distracted, overly busy by many things. But what Mary is doing, setting herself at Jesus' feet, it will not be taken away from her. Mary was seeking good and what did she find? Martha was seeking bad, and what did she find? Whatever we seek, we're going to find it. It's a spiritual law. But you're the only one that can determine what you seek. Are you seeking good? Well, then you're going to find God because God is good and He's only good, and that's all He does is good, and that's all He has is good. But if you're seeking bad, you're not going to find God there. But you'll find bad. Seek, and you'll find. Now, if you're in a bad situation, that's the place that you turn around and call out to God. God is there. He is, he is on the job right there. We draw near to Him. He draws near to us, right? But then start seeking good daily. Just this week, I want to challenge you. From this day forward, I'm going to start believing that I'm going to see the goodness of God. I'm going to start seeking God, and I'm going to find God. I'm going to seek God. Go to the store, and I want you to start looking for good in people. Not bad. It's easy to find bad in people, right? What if us as husbands and wives, that's what we begin to do is look at each other and just seek the good. It's good. It's good. What's good? Because it's easy to find the bad, right? So you don't have to look very far to find bad in me, right? But what if all of us begin to seek good? We begin to seek good in this church. It's good that you got a roof. It's good that the lights work. It's good that we got padded seats. It's good that we're not kicking our, cooking our biscuits outside. It's good, right? It's good. You, you, you go to school. You go to work. How, how many good things can you find? You go around and maybe you don't have the tools that you need, but thank God you got hands that can pick up the tools. What good can you find? Well, you might not have the, the money to pay for everything, but thank God you have enough to put that piece of bread in your mouth. Start thanking God for the little that you do have so more will come. God is good and He wants you to see good, but it's going to take our belief. It's going to take our expectation. It's going to take our words. Remember the psalmist said, if you want, who, who desires life he says then watch your mouth if we'll just start watching our mouth and start speaking in alignment with God and we start seeking God and saying what God says and, and, and speaking the good report instead of the bad report when we seek what's going to happen we're going to find would you bow your heads and close your eyes Father right now I just ask that you reveal your heart to each and every one of us, no matter where we're at or what we're going through, that you're good and you're good all the time. And Father, you want to reveal your goodness to us. I ask that you reveal your goodness in our families, in our marriages, in our businesses, in our physical bodies, in our finances. Father, it is good. It's good. You're good. What you have is good. It's good that every person in this room, every person watching, it is good that they have a personal relationship with Almighty God. It's good to know that we've already been delivered from the power of darkness. And it's good to know that we have a choice, that we can come in to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It is good to know that we can ask Jesus to come into our heart and to spend eternity with Almighty God. That is good. With every head bowed and every eye closed, does every person in this room, 
Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Has there been a time in your life when you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you declared with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed, everyone thinking. Can every person recall that moment that you called upon the name of Jesus and you settled where you're going to spend eternity? If you can't recall that moment, would you make right now that moment? You say, how? How can I make right now that moment? Very simple. The Bible says when a person believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and declares with their mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. He says at that time you receive eternal life and you can be certain that you'll spend eternity with Almighty God. This is what I'd like us to do with heads bowed, eyes closed. I'd like all of us to pray this very simple prayer together out loud. And the reason I do it out loud is I want you familiar with the heartbeat of this prayer. I want the people that are doing this for the very first time, I want them confident in the prayer that they're praying that this is a day that changes their life and it's a day that they'll remember for eternity. Can we pray this simple prayer together? Can we say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And according to God's Word, I'm now saved, forgiven, Born again, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. With every head bowed and